my friends. Welcome to our 2023 Advent series. We are so excited that you're here. Our theme verse for this series is Luke 2.19, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Our prayer for each of you as we walk through this season is that we will all take the time to sit, reflect, and ponder on the Christmas story, letting the beauty of God's character penetrate deeply in our hearts. Hey friends, welcome to our first episode of our 2023 Advent Study. We are so excited that you're here. In these first two episodes, we are going to be focusing our attention on Mary. And our hope for each one of these is to meander back to the Christmas story and really contemplate what it would have been like there. Then at the end, we want to pull out some practical application that we can take with us as we ponder and reflect this Christmas season. Sound good? Sounds good. Awesome. Let's dive in by starting our time in Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. I just want to go on record before we start to say that we will be using the ESV version throughout the entire Advent study, unless otherwise specified for a specific purpose. That's not because we think ESV is the only version. It's just the version that Ben and I spend our time studying out of. With that, I'll turn it over to Ben for Luke chapter 1. Luke 1, 26 through 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be the great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who is called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Thank you. Before we dive in, can we just take a moment to chuckle about how the angels show up and scare people? Yeah. (laughs) Right? Like, Zachariah was troubled and fearful earlier in Luke chapter 1 when the angel visited him. And when the angel met the disciples in the tomb after Jesus had risen from the dead, they were totally freaked out. And I'm going to be super honest, I find a ton of humor in thinking about this. Like... The angels appear, and everyone's like, duh! And they're like, it's fine, it's fine, don't worry about it. It's all good, it's all good. Uh, But, okay, aside from the humor, there is so much realness here to be grasped about how the Christmas story started on Earth. It wasn't this, like, peaceful morning with a cinnamon latte on a quiet cafe corner when Gabriel just, like, sat down for a friendly visit. It was like, you see Mary's reaction here, and it is greatly troubled 
which means exactly what we think it means. It means fearful and perplexed and greatly agitated. So with that, thinking about what it was like to really be there. What was going through Mary's mind as Gabriel like suddenly appears on her walk to get water one night? We don't actually know where she, what she was doing, but you can assume that she was doing an everyday task and Gabriel appears. Yeah, I would guess her mind was probably, well, racing, probably afraid, wondering if she needed to leave. Yeah, fight or flight, fight yeah. or flight, yeah. Yeah, if she knew the history of the Old Testament, she probably would have been contemplating that and the prophecies there probably would have been, I would imagine, excited about it to some extent. How would Mary have known in that age what the Old Testament said, the prophecies of the Old Testament? I'm guessing for her, since she was a woman and wouldn't have probably had formal education, it would have just been conversations overheard from her parents, her father around the dinner table. Old Testament talks about how the Passover is to be passed down. So when the kids ask their parents, like, why do we do this? I imagine it was similar to that. Sure. I've been contemplating that we see Mary's humanness in her reaction here. And I sometimes think that we can forget that Mary was a human. She was chosen by God to carry his only son, the king of the world. And that is awe-striking. And sometimes I think we connect Mary to that in a way that like elevates her past, like her humanness. But if we really stop and listen to what her exchange was with Gabriel, it was technical, right? Uh, initially it was like hey hold on um how's this gonna happen because i'm a virgin so i'm not connecting the dots here meanwhile gabriel's like hey yeah and (laughs) she's gonna be king of the world and you know like this is gonna change history forever and she's like uh yeah i'm not i'm not seeing how this is gonna work right yeah and then at the end In this scripture, and we are going to see, we'll talk about it in the next episode. We will see her come to like start processing what this means. But right here in this initial visit from Gabriel, the only other thing that she says is like, okay, okay, I guess, you know, (laughs) like, thanks. Uh, It'll be as you say it is, I guess. Right. So Gabriel uses, he uses the word favor two times as he's talking with her uh, in this short conversation. First, by calling Mary, oh, favored one. He greets her that way. And then she freaks out. And when he's calming her down, he says, but you have found favor with God. And favor means goodwill, acceptance, and the benefits flowing from these. So imagine being Mary, a young, poor, social nobody. And this angel suddenly appears and is like, hey, you, you're favored by God. God, the creator of heaven and earth. Yeah, that one. He has found favor with you. So talk about a head spinning day. Like you said, like, holy cow, that's a lot to get your mind around. And it doesn't seem like this conversation was super lengthy. <laughs> like Gabriel yeah. appeared, he said five sentences, and he went away, you know? Yeah, it's just interesting to think about. So why did Mary find favor with God? I think, first of all, well, she... Well, scholars think she was also of the lineage of David, so the prophecy said that it would come through David, and then her marrying Joseph, also of the lineage of David, I think that had 
at least some part to play into it. The other part is God likes to pick lowly nobodies to prove his power. Yeah, we can learn a lot from that, right? Because even back in the Old Testament in Genesis, when God chose Abram, Mm-hmm. There was no noticeable like rhyme or reason for that. It was somewhat random in his selection. And so I want to talk about that. I want to get into the practical part of our show. So I think so oftentimes we can feel underqualified. We don't have the skill set. We don't have the gifting. We don't have the education. We don't have the depth of biblical knowledge. And so we believe based on those things that God cannot use us yet or God can't use us maybe ever some people might think that too but we see from scripture when God calls you into something it's his power that is shining through it isn't yours and his glory that reigns and not yours and so we learn here if we're willing to kind of lean into it that we are not the center of a calling that God has on our life he is Would you be willing to share about a time where you felt like the Lord was putting a calling on your life that you didn't feel qualified for? I guess the first thing that comes to mind is um, back in my old church, the associate pastor who was the worship pastor at the time came and wanted to go to lunch with me. And he asked me about becoming the lead for, he called it the the worship tech team. Essentially what it was is head up the live stream and the production lights on stage, but then also disciple the people who volunteered for it. At the time, I didn't feel qualified. I had no idea what I was doing. I had volunteered with like projection stuff before, but I'd never done the live stream or anything else. And I certainly hadn't headed anything else up, but I think God used that for the, for the whole congregation, for the, the live stream in particular, for the people that were either invalids or sick or it was a big ranching community, so a lot of times I got texts from people that were like, thanks for doing this, like we're at home watching the calves, or we couldn't make it in because of the snow. I think that helped a lot, and God provided ways through it. Yeah, that's cool. So though you felt disqualified, God used that ministry to expand the reach of the church through your obedience. Yeah. And then used his power to strengthen you in that role. Yeah. I love to hear stories like that. I love it when we reflect on seasons where God's strength is what empowered and enabled us to do the thing that we were being called to. I feel that all the time in my current job. I feel like when I was invited into this position, you and I had lots of conversations about it and I prayed a lot about it because this was a big reach for me. I had been in a leadership role before, but never in business. And this was a, yeah, this was a huge reach. <laughs> and so there was a lot of fear around, frankly, underqualification. And God has in his strength provided wisdom and endurance and strength and perseverance to lead and to be a light in this place of work which has been a blessing. Yep. I know in our human flesh, we can so often, and by often I mean like nearly all the time, 
feel the need to control life. And part of our desire for control is insecurity in our depth of knowledge or gifting for something that God might be calling or inviting us into. But if we are willing to live by faith, the weight of carrying that control truly is lifted because God's power is abundant and his knowledge is complete. As we close today, will you pray for us? For dear Lord, just thank you for our listeners and just ask that uh, as we enter into the Christmas season that we um, stop to ponder, that we also realize that um, you can do lots of things um, through us, even especially through our human weakness, and just ask that you you bring those opportunities to light um, to us and to our listeners. Friends, thank you so much for being with us today. If you or someone you know would like to receive the free study guides for the Advent series, you can sign up on our website, www.inspiringheights.org, hover over the contact us link, and select email sign up. If you were not signed up when the Advent series launched and you would like to receive past episode study guides, you can send me a DM on Instagram or Facebook or click the contact us link on the website and let me know which study guides you missed and we'll get you taken care of. P.S. We would love it if you would leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. This gives potential new listeners an opportunity to hear from our friends before they hit play. And speaking of friends, if you have any that aren't already subscribers to the Inspiring Heights show, will you share this with them? That would mean so much to us. All right, until next time, take a deep breath and be inspired where your feet are. Bye for now.